You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends over at Draft have a wonderful app that we enjoy uh, playing with each and every Wednesday. It is a Draft Wednesday on the Locked On Network. And you can use our promo code over on Draft to get a free play right now. And the way to do that is you inserting our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S with your first deposit, and that'll get you a free play over at Draft. So come and join us. You can follow me at Eric underscore name, and you can follow Frank at Lockdown Frank. And that way you'll know exactly when all of uh, the games we are going to play will be occurring. We'll have a couple tomorrow. So be sure to join us for those. Frank the Bucks. <laughs> oh, God. Did not do so well tonight. Uh, the Bucks lose... 115-106 to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they have now given the Bulls two of their 11 victories on the season. Um, and I I don't really know. A- after the game, I tweeted that it's an indictment on everyone on the floor. Coaching staff, players, everyone involved, losing to the Chicago Bulls two times in the Bradley Center this season is an indictment on everyone involved. I'm not going to point out just the coaching staff. I'm not going to point out just the players. Everyone should be embarrassed. That That is an embarrassing loss two times. Two times you had embarrassing losses to the Chicago Bulls. You simply didn't play good enough defense. You didn't get stops when you needed to. And a team that is vastly less talented than you embarrassed you twice. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I think people would be forgiven if they felt like they were watching a replay of that game from two weeks ago, yep. right? I mean, it was was that game one fifteen one oh nine? It was it was correct. A, a frighteningly similar scoreline, um, and I, I mean, as you said, I mean the the, the Chicago Bulls, uh, you know, have been playing much better basketball of late. Um, you know, Chris Dunn has played well of late. He Certainly outplayed Eric Bledsoe tonight, but you know Bledsoe was not bad. Twenty-two points on fourteen shots, but Dunn gave you twenty points, twelve assists, four steals, two blocks, um, and and made big plays. And um, Nikola Mirotic again, you know, twenty-four points on eighteen shots was not lights out by any stretch of the mat. You know, by any stretch. I mean, the, the Bulls made ten out of twenty-eight from three. They weren't crazy good in that respect. Um, they did hurt the Bucks again on the offensive boards, grabbing about twenty-nine percent of offensive rebounds. Um, 15 total offensive boards. So, again, certainly that's that's a, a, another example of you know the defensive rebounding issues kind of cropping up. But you know, I mean, down the stretch, I mean, you know, after another 17 minutes and minus eight from DeAndre Liggins, thankfully he goes out early in the fourth quarter. The Bucks go small with Giannis at center. 
and you think, okay, at least the Bucks are playing, you know, a, a rational combination of guys against a lineup that featured Miritich and Portis as the, you know, the, the big guys for the Bulls. Um, but the Bull, you know, the Bucks didn't make open shots. They, I mean, how many times did Bulls players just drive to the basket? unimpeded it seemed like tonight i mean yep. just felt like they got so many easy buckets that the point of attack defense you know was just completely lacking i mean 54 point paints uh paint points for the bulls tonight um 42 for the bucks um you know it, it just felt like there were a lot of easy buckets to be had for the bulls and the bulls just did a much better job of defending the bucks and certainly taking Giannis in particular out of the game in the fourth quarter he ends up with four points in the fourth had a a late three um but had very little going to the basket and the bulls again you know they weren't playing enormous guys they weren't playing you know some magical defense against the bucks um, but they just walled the Bucks off time and again. Bucks looked frustrated. They were taking difficult shots, and you know Chris Middleton in particular really struggled tonight. Um, five out of eighteen from the field. Um, but again, I mean, it's just like you just look at these these two rosters, and you know, I mean, yeah, and the, the Bulls have been playing plucky. Um, they've been getting some nice nice depth from their roster, but um, you know, I, how many times can we say it? The Bucks cannot be trusted, and tonight they just showed us again why they absolutely cannot be trusted uh losing yet again to a bulls team that i mean you you have to take care of these games you, you mentioned last night the the rot the the schedule is going to get a lot tougher from here on out and you drop these games this is what this is how you end up you know winning 41 42 games and not having home court in the first round in a in an east that is wide open so the bucks talk about pushing the pace all the time right that's something they want to do you want to push the pace if you want to see what what pushing the pace looks like watch the bulls that is how you push the pace they push after makes they push after misses they push after turnovers they push all the time period no questions asked and again that might be because they're they're relying on players that maybe aren't as talented they know they're gonna have to go 10 deep with 10 guys playing 10 plus minutes maybe even 20 plus minutes some nights like they understand that but that is how you push the basketball and the bucks for a second time this year appear to be unaware that that's what the bulls do they are going to push the basketball and in the half court they're going to run around like crazy they're going to keep moving the ball they're going to keep moving around his players and again time and time again there was easy baskets how how does how does any bulls player score a transition basket after the bucks make a basket it happened in the fourth quarter how is that possible maybe maybe in the first half i can look past it and say you know what just a, a little bit lazy weren't ready to play but in the fourth quarter of this basketball game a Bulls player, I, I don't even remember who, they all end up looking the same because none of them stand out because they're not great basketball players. One of them pushes it up the floor. I think it might have been Chris Dunn. Pushes up the floor off of a Bucks make and almost makes, a, I would say, a basket that was almost totally uncontested. How does that happen? It's totally inexcusable. And for a second time against the Bulls, apparently they're none of the bucks players are aware that the bulls move around constantly because again and again and again guys are getting lost middleton was losing cutters 
Giannis lost a couple cutters. They generally failed to keep track of Nikola Mirotic, who kills them pretty much every time they play them. Like, there was just so many mind-boggling defensive mistakes that are just so entirely inexcusable. This is a Bulls team that is not remarkably talented. Everyone's aware of that. And they're going to play the way that they play, where they move around a lot, they push the pace, and you have to deal with it. And the Bucks did not. And I just, I really, truly can't comprehend how they play that poorly against this Bulls team for a second time in less than two weeks. Well, um, I, I think one thing for sure is we have uh, – is, is tonight peak hashtag fire kid uh, on Twitter? I think <laughs> I think every, every tweet every, every, I've had tonight has gotten ratioed. So, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I think the – certainly games like this, you know, I mean, um, you know, lose to the Bulls once, giving up 115 points at home, shame on you, Bucks. Give up, you know, lose to the Bulls twice at home, giving up 115 points. Um, good freaking Lord Bucks. Shame that. Shame on everyone. Yep. Shame on Jason Kidd. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that um, y- you know. Again, the 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 shame is that you know what I worry about is um, in, in a macro sense what the Bucks did in the fourth quarter, playing small, switching everything for the most part. That's the kind of stuff that like you should be doing. I th- I would say. And it's taken a really long time for Jason Kidd to actually get to the point where he's willing to do that, it feels like. And I worry that, like, you know, and this is sort of like, a, I think, a statement with the Bucks, right? As I worry that, like, you know, because his rotations and, you know, sort of what they do tactically feels like so Pavlovian where, you know, if it works, you keep doing it. If it doesn't work, then you got to try something else uh, unless it's, you know, what they did for three years and, you know, you try not to do it. But given that they're finally trying some things that seem more progressive, um, I worry that because like they're not playing good defense right now that, you know, somehow we're going to end up back at playing like the super aggressive <laughs> scheme at some mm-hmm. point, which, um, you know, we know from years of Jason Kidd trying to get his team to do this, that, that that's not going to suddenly, you know, turn things around for them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, why the bucks, you know, why we, we are all very frustrated because again, they're like, hanging around the bottom of the playoff bracket right now. Um, they've got a really difficult schedule to come up, coming up. They're 17 and 15. Oh, they're going to you know, do just I mean, fine against that tough stretch. Those are good teams. <laughs> they're going to come and play. Yeah. Like, well, here, here's the, here's the funny part. And, and you know, it, it feels like there's so much frustration and negativity around the Bucks as, as a team right now. But I mean, this is, this is like, it, it, it's healthy in the sense that, uh, and we'll talk about Jason's kids comments about expectations in a moment, but this is healthy because I think for the first time in a long time, or well, I'll, I'll say this. This is the best I've kind of felt about a roster, certainly since I've been podcasting, since I've been writing about the team a decade ago when I started. Um, and probably really, you know, since the big three, you know, win 52 games and go to the finals. I mean, or go to the East, East finals. Um, th- there are flaws with this roster. Absolutely. Right. Yep. I mean, Nobody is going to sit here and tell you that they should be winning the East right now or that they should be competing with the Warriors or whatever, right? I mean, I, I get that that they have flaws, you know, and and their issues and, and things that right now are going to be, um, you know, 
limiting them from from competing at the highest levels. But, um, you know, like they're behind like the Pacers and like the Pistons and yep. they can't get past teams like that right now in the standings. They're losing to the Bulls twice at home. Um, you know, any, any talk about this team being young and inexperienced, and this is something that kid brought up in the, in the post game, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a second, I guess. But um, I mean, those teams are young and inexperienced and haven't accomplished anything either. The Bulls have certainly not accomplished anything. They don't have experienced players. The, the Bucks roster is older and if you look at the guys that played tonight, I forget. I think uh, uh, Dean at all the Bucks uh, did a quick calculation. I mean, the Bucks are like on average older than the guys the Bulls played tonight. Like, there's not. It's not like there's like some, you know, oh, some grizzled Bulls roster that they went out there and there's, you know, they used that experience to beat the Bucks. No, I mean, they just play better together and they live up to and maximize their talents of late a lot more consistently than the Bucks and. I think it's very justified to say, well, why can't the Bucks do that? Why are the Bucks condemned to basically, you know, being having to point to, well, we've got some injuries to our bench, and that's why the, they they can't be trusted, or or whatever the excuse is. You know, I mean, I don't think I, I get nobody in my comments who you know is defending Jason Kidd or really making excuses. So I, you know, again, I, I I'm guessing somebody out there is, but um, but yeah, it's just. It just kind of it gets old, right? I mean, this is a team that I think you can really like from a talent perspective, and it all begins with Giannis. And he was, you know, got out, you know, speaking about the game of tonight. I mean, he got shot out of a cannon tonight, scoring 12 points in the first quarter on five out of five shooting. Um, and credit to the Bulls, they really took him out of the game, especially in the fourth quarter for the most part. Um, he ends up with 28.7 boards, four assists, a steal, a block on 11 out of 17 shooting. Um, but, you know, you kind of start with with the, the, the key guys. I mean, th- there's a lot to like about this roster. But, you know, here we are. And, well, yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about the press conference? Because it was sort of like, you know, peak Jason Kidd being prickly and, you know, Jason Kidd basically <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we obviously talked about the game and uh, kind of discussed it a little bit. And in one of the one of the answers, it Jason mentioned that, uh, it's about maturity and it's at the end of the day, they're a young team and this is going to be a team that's going to go up and down and understand the growing pains of losing to a team like Chicago. Um, so the, that kind of just, I mean, just perked up my antennas, like a, a young team. I don't necessarily know that they would fit that criteria anymore. Um, I, I don't know that they're that. Uh, so I went back and followed up on that and just asked, at what point is that not something you lean on? When is when is that time over? When are they no longer a young team and able to win? And Jason's response was, we're not leaning on it. It's the truth. You guys can write that we're a super team, that we're really good, and we've got the big three or the brew three. We're a young team that's learning how to play the game at a high level with expectations that are a little bit too high, understanding that no one in the locker room has ever won, so we're learning how to win as a team. There are going to be tough nights like tonight where you're going to have to come out and you're going to have to have a little bit more energy on the defensive end, and we just didn't do that tonight. And... I mean, I think the the quote kind of speaks for itself because as we've said throughout this season, I do have expectations. I, I will say that 
I predicted this Bucks team would win 48 games. That was something before the season that I felt confident in because of the talent that they have. I said all of those things, but I'm not the one that created expectations for this team. This team's play last season helped build a foundation for expectations, and then this team's talk leading into the season led to those expectations. They talked about winning a playoff series. They talked about possibly winning 50 games. They talked about making a deep run in the playoff. Like, they talked about all those teams, and it wasn't just one member of the team. It was guys throughout the team that were talking about these things. So to say that expectations are too high, no one's expecting an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. No one's expecting an Eastern Conference Finals win. No one's expecting a Finals appearance. Winning a playoff series, that is the expectation. And I don't think that's all that high of an expectation when you have a guy like Giannis who's putting together a top three to five MVP season. Like That is just not too high of an expectation. And I don't know people that have expectations that much higher. They just want to see the Bucks win a playoff series. Lots of teams have won playoff series. It's a thing that gets done regularly. Every single year, a bunch of teams win playoff <laughs> series because that's how the playoffs work. Like someone has to do it, and the Bucks haven't done it in almost two decades. So there's a reason why people want that, and there's a reason why people expect that because you have a guy like Giannis, and then on top of that, you have a guy in Chris Middleton who's averaging career highs in points, rebounds, and assists, and you just traded for a guy in Eric Bledsoe who's been a borderline all-star. So there's too many talented players in that locker room and to say that none of these guys have won anything, well, one of Jason's old teammates, Jason Terry, has won something. And one of their guys that they signed that they really liked a couple summers back, Matthew Dellavedova, he's won something. So to say no one in the locker room has won anything is simply not true. There are guys in the locker room that have won something. Maybe it's not your best players. Um, maybe it's not Giannis. Maybe it's not Chris. Maybe it's not Eric Bledsoe. But there are guys in the locker room that have won that are supposed to be able to support that base and that foundation, and they just haven't gotten it done. So it just seemed, it seemed, I don't even know, ridiculous, I guess, to say that expectations are too high because, one, it's the team that created those expectations. Not including including Jason Kidd himself. Including Jason Kidd. Yeah. All these things. He talked about all those things. And then on top of that, like, is it bad to expect something out of a team that has a top five player in the NBA? I don't think it is. I think it's reasonable. So, I, I don't know. I was just kind of at a loss through through all of it. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, we should acknowledge, right? I mean, Jason Kidd, his level of, you know, don't give a F at press conferences is normally pretty high. Yep. Um, and, you know, again, I... I, I don't know. I mean, I, you would have to think he is starting to feel some pressure. I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's always interesting to kind of think about how coaches and players sort of absorb um, media coverage and fan feelings and things like that. Um, and, and I have no idea, right, if Jason Kidd is aware of, you know, legions of people changing their Twitter avatars and, you know, starting the fire kid hashtag and, um, generally his, his popularity being, you know, very low, I would say certainly among hardcore fans, you know, almost universally disliked or not trusted, whatever. Um, and you know, probably not 
significantly better with sort of the average fan. Um, and so I, I think they're, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that is wearing on it. I mean, he seems like from, especially with the way that we've been seeing answers to, to you and, and Matt, who are maybe not as, as soft um, as maybe he would want <laughs> you guys to be. Um, it, it seems like, you know, his level of patience with these sorts of things, especially after a win where he knows that there's not going to be a good answer. And that's the thing, right? I mean, there's no good answer after a game like this, right? I mean, yep. Jason Kidd's not going to come out and say, you know, uh, I've been doing it all wrong for three years and I beg you guys to forgive me and I'm going to try to now become a good coach, right? <laughs> like, the, like, I mean, the, the, there's, there's not going to be any right answer um, at a press conference, but obviously I think the only real significant thing tonight, I mean, he also had that like throwaway kind of like, don't give a shit answer about like, well, you know, why they're re the rebounding. I think he said something like, well, that's just who we are. We don't rebound. Yep. And, you know, that's just I mean, he's said things similar. I mean, he's even joked about it. I mean, joked at the DJ Wilson press conference about it. Um, but it's almost like, well, I don't I don't want to answer that question. And like, I'm in a way just going to basically deflect it to blame it on my team when he says something like that. But um, for the most part, I don't know. I, I, I think kids pressers are. I don't know. I try not to read too much into them because I don't think he treats them very seriously. And he's just basically giving, giving us answers just to like make us go away. He's um, there not to fans. get fined. He's there not to get fined. And, but I do think it was interesting that he kind of let slip about expectations being a quote unquote, a little too high or whatever he said tonight, because it does. That's the kind of thing that I think is interesting to see because when you go to that, right, when you go to, well, now you're holding me accountable for the expectations that I set in the preseason and that my players set for this team in the preseason. That's where you start to, you know, basically write your own pink slip, right? Because that is that that doesn't work. And especially after, you know, you made a trade to get Eric Bledsoe, who again, Greg Monroe was very, very solid for them last year. But Jason Kidd didn't want Greg Monroe on this team. I mean, like, yep. let's there's there'd be no illusion that like Greg Monroe was taken from this team with Jason Kidd kicking and screaming. I mean, there's a reason he, you know, put him on the bench and didn't play him huge minutes, and now he's obviously playing Eric Bledsoe a lot more. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that this is um, this will be interesting to watch just because I I've felt like, you know, again, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, right? Like, there at this point, like I I just can't be convinced that like. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's a thing, right? Like the bar for for what the coaching staff has to accomplish with this team, with Giannis in particular, is not uh, be average. No, yeah. that's not be average. If your ownership and your GM and everybody's going to talk about like, you know, striving for a championship and all this other crap, then the goal is the coaching staff has to be an elite coaching staff. And there's nothing from the last three years other than, you know, being around to watch Giannis become an elite player that you could possibly say like, well, Jason Kidd has totally got this figured out and he could grow into that, you know, great, great coach that's going to lead this team to a championship. And to be honest, like you don't even need to go to the point of saying like, oh, Jason Kidd's like the worst coach in basketball, even though he draws attention to himself with some of these like, you know, late game, late game, um, missing free throws Theories. or intentionally found. Yeah. I mean, that just really kind of, that's probably very destructive to him because it really highlights something that even an average fan can understand it just makes no sense um you know the starters had him on worst of the week last week just sort of saying like trying to figure out like wh why you would employ these tactics and you know lee ellis was joking like 
he must he's like deathly afraid of his team giving up four point plays <laughs> at yeah. the end of the game like literally afraid of like events that don't happen right like he's deathly afraid of his team giving up a four point play with no time on the clock um it's just just so strange and 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 again like um i think bart winkler had a i think bart had a, had a really good comment about um you know fans kind of treat every game like it's a packer game where it's one of 16 almost like mm-hmm. you know we we kind of go crazy after every loss and sometimes after every win i mean there's a large portion of the fan base that you know is just kind of looking for what did jason kidd do wrong this game and i mean that's the thing right i mean there are 82 games right like it is a long season but when you i I don't blame people for feeling like well this isn't the guy who's going to take us there so like why are we wasting our time and you know i don't want to get into that discussion again we can talk about that sometime in the future but um you know there's no kind of you know again i don't think there's like a, a solution for tomorrow i think this is probably something that gets solved in the summer but um but i i think it does sort of set us up for this cycle of just exasperation right where every time the bucks just do the you know crap that makes you want to you know just stop watching them all together um you know, you want to just say, well, why are we keep, why do we keep trusting this guy to be the head coach? And, um, it, it's just a really difficult thing because we've got what 50 more games this season. <laughs> like, yep. And, um, and at this point, you know, again, I, like we said, I think they have certainly 50 win talent. I don't think they're going to win 50 games with Jason Kidd. I said 45 before the season. Um, you know, right now they're probably looking more like a 500 ish, slightly over 500 team, but, you know, who knows, right? Like maybe they Jabari comes back, maybe they catch a little bit of a win, you know second wind or something. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just tough watching this team because there just isn't that sense of growth, and certainly the defense is not getting better. And you know, I think fans are are right to be frustrated and just are saying, well, why do we have to keep settling for this? All right, Frank, I'm going to jump in here as obnoxiously as possible because the last live I did last week, I got a couple tweets about how. It was very clearly pre-recorded uh, and very clearly inserted into our podcast. And you know what? It just happened again. Sometimes we get fired up. Sometimes we forget to record the live reads that we need to, and we throw them in here. So that just happened. I apologize. But that's okay because you can come over and hang out with us on Draft. All you got to do is download the app or head over to Draft.com and play with us in the leagues that we make every Wednesday. I'm trying to get more new people. I want to hopefully give new people the chance to take my money because some people have already been able to do that. So hopefully it's new people, and we would love for you to join us over there. Um, Last week we didn't end up getting enough people in the one that we had started, so we need some more people this week. Uh, So come and join us. Frank, uh, the most recent game we played, I think you won, right? Well, you you won. I'm I finished second. I I am just okay. been a bridesmaid twice. Okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe maybe we're after your first win. I I I've been. I was for a second. I was like, wait, did I did I did I win? <laughs> Could I win? No, I've I've finished twice. I've I'm still the bridesmaid. Um, but uh, maybe maybe at some point my I'm and as I said, I I often draft players uh, who play for teams I don't like or who are players I don't like. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Um, so I, uh, I'm, I'm on, on, on some level, I'm okay losing if it's because those guys suck. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with whatever people want to take my money cause they draft Giannis and Giannis, you know, goes for uh, a billion draft points. Like I'm, I'm okay with that too. That's a very dastardly tactic, Frank. I like it. 
Um, yeah. So we will we will be on draft. I'm at Eric underscore name. Frank is at Locked on Frank. Join draft. And like we said, if you use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, that's going to get you a free play. And we always make our game a $3 game because that's what the free play ticket will get you. You'll, you'll get an entry into our game for free for that week. So we always make sure to try to hook you up. So go over, join draft. You can download the app or you can go to draft.com and create an account there and get going and have a chance to take our money. So go ahead, try it, see what you can do. And yeah, we inserted this into the podcast after we were done recording. And I don't care. <laughs> I guess just some other thoughts on that. The the quote about expectations, I think, sticks out even more when you read what Giannis and Chris said to us because they were, I think, pretty forthright about it. After the game, we asked Giannis about uh, what the right expectations for this Bucks roster are, and he said, we just want to be a team that plays hard every night. By doing that, everything is going to take care of itself. We're going to make the playoffs and go even further. We got to bring it every night. That is my expectation for my team. That is more than saying, well, expectations are too high. That, again, I don't know if that's exactly owning what happened tonight, but that's certainly closer to owning it than saying that expectations are too high. And then when you talk to Middleton about it and ask him about dealing with expectations, he says, we've been in this position, uh, we've been in that position before a couple of years ago and we didn't do well with it. Hopefully, I wish we could have grown out of that experience, but right now we're still going through it. I've been through it before, Giannis has been through it before, John, Jet, we have to do a better job of just owning the expectations and playing our basketball, playing up to the level we're capable of playing every night and not to the competition or who we're playing. Again, that hearing that after a crap performance like they had makes me feel better. There, there's a level of of accountability to those two quotes, right? Like you're hearing from them that they know they should have done better, and things couldn't be better. Like they know that they can do this, and they're willing to own that they did not do it that night. And to me, those those two statements ring true. While the expectations too high uh, seem patently false, like, like there, there's just different ways of handling that adversity. And I think, in one hand, you're seeing the players handle it, and then on the other, you're seeing kid kind of deflect. And uh, again, like you said, maybe taking things Jason says seriously in press conferences is a mistake, but it is one of the few times fans media actually get to talk to Jason and hear what Jason thinks about things. So uh, maybe there is some level of taking this like a Packers game where instead of treating it like one of 16, it's one of 82 and it's too intense. But at the same time, that is his essentially his direct line to fans, to the greater community, the greater uh, people of the world, of the basketball world. And it just seemed like a squandered opportunity after tonight's game to say that expectations are a little too high. Um, it, it, I, I just think it's something that's just kind of bothersome. It, it, it is something that should not feel good to hear uh, from your head coach. So uh, something on that. And then defensively, like you said, this team is just not performing. They're not getting the job done. And when you, it was, like you said, it was good to see the small ball lineups, good to see Giannis at center, good to see them switching everything. But 
like I said last week and the week before, switching everything is difficult. Like you want to think it's easy because you're not moving around as much. You're not putting yourself out of position as much. Like you have to talk all the time. You have to communicate those switches. You have to be in in the same way that with the crazy help side and the overhelping, you have to be in a string. You have to be in a string the same way with switching. And the Bucks look very much like a team that put in switches three weeks ago and are trying to figure out how to switch everything and switch action on the go during the middle of a season. And believe it or not, that's not the best way to make a change. That, that's not the way that it, it's going to be most effective. So you're seeing them have some growing pains through all this, and you get nights like this against a team that runs all over the place, that sets a bunch of screens, that keeps moving all the time, where switches get missed. And then you look really, really silly. And it's just a, it was just a frustrating night. And I, I, it's really, it's really difficult to see this twice in less than two weeks. Yeah. And, and that's, I think the, the, the most damning thing about it is just that like literally the exact same thing happened to you two weeks ago. And we all sat, sat around saying like, Oh, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And, and you know, and I was gonna say, we said during that game, during the third quarter, we talked about it. After the game, during the podcast, we talked about it. If the Bucks wanted to win that game, they needed to put stops together, and they needed to do it on the defensive end. That was the case the entire night tonight. At any point, if the defense wanted to show up and execute for, shit, two minutes, three minutes at a time, like just string together some stops, and they just couldn't do it. They, they couldn't bring the energy and effort they couldn't bring the execution they couldn't bring it defensively and that's why they lost the game yeah i mean the bucks only finished this game with two steals um one of them exceptionally memorable because Giannis picked the ball off and did one of his mazy full court drives and threw it down with thor i mean just a an awesome play from Giannis in the first half um but just two steals overall the bulls turn it over just six times in this in this game which is pretty remarkable. I think actually seven team turnovers, six individuals. I think they had one shot clock maybe. Um, and so that really speaks to how much the Bucks were just not able to – the, the Bucks were just a pass behind it seemed like all night. Not and, bother them in any way. Yeah, and instead of you know being able to get into passing lanes or get your hands on balls, deflections, create you know that type of ability to get moving um, – the Bulls were just one step ahead. I mean, literally driving to the basket, whether it was off a closeout, sometimes just one-on-one, just driving past guys, and they did a nice job of spreading the court out. And, I mean, how many times did you think, oh, well, you know, you're not good at the point of attack. Maybe somebody's going to be able to come over and help. Nope. And there just was nobody to help because they were doing a really nice job of spreading the, the, the bucks out. And, you know, ironically – the Bulls only took 28 threes tonight. I mean, the Bulls took 103 total shots tonight, which is a crazy number, mainly because they didn't turn the ball over and they got lots of offensive rebounds. 15 offensive rebounds, very few turnovers. They just got a ton of shots tonight. Didn't take a ton of free throws. I mean, the Bucks were plus three from the foul line. Bucks actually took three more threes, matched them from deep. So it's not like, you know, the three-point defense is to blame for this loss. Um but they just couldn't force turnovers, and the Bucks just offensively, especially in that fourth quarter, I mean, it, it just became a grind. They gave up 32 points. They score only 23 themselves, and just a lot of frustration. You could tell the Bucks just trying to get into their offense, just 
it just was was painful to watch laborious to watch them try to get into that offense and obviously Middleton struggled greatly but Giannis was not able to really get good looks in that fourth quarter and you know again Brogdon um had a nice night I don't want to lose sight of him I mean 18 points six sports two assists a couple blocks in 30 minutes um but again the bench the bench everybody on the bench was minus nine or worse they only played nine guys total um DeAndre Liggins we mentioned yesterday I mean you know all the stats say he is your worst basketball player on this team but he continues to play minutes he's the first guy off the bench tonight (laughs) plays 17 minutes is a minus eight actually hit a jump shot um but of course it was a long two so you're like "Eh." um but uh but yeah i mean delhi hit a three in the fourth quarter hit five assists a couple turnovers um missed some very open looks um before that uh i didn't think he was bad tonight yeah, he wasn't bad. I mean, then I think you know, and, and that three, and I think I think it was in the fourth quarter, yep. um, was timely. You know, moved the ball. But again, I mean, it's just like every time I see, you know, especially Liggins and Thon out there together, my my first thought is just like, man, you are just like, it's like you're putting like a weight jacket on Giannis or something like that. Because <laughs> I think he was out there when those guys were out there together in the first quarter tonight. It's just like, Thon, God bless him. I hope he figures some stuff out. But like the dude is pretty much useless offensively. He's not going to go get offensive rebounds. He took one three tonight. Um, you know, he, he can't do anything. He's not going to like get loose around the basket. He's not going to do anything off the catch. Um, he's just really rough to have out there. And Liggins is obviously just, you know, useless and the teams don't respect them. So man, it, it is just, it, it's tough with those guys. And, um, you know, I mean, again, I'm, I am not going to sit here and tell you, like, Oh, just wait until Jabari gets back. I mean, you know that will be nice for sure um for a lot of reasons to see what jabari parker can can offer but um i mean it it also doesn't have to be this hard i mean literally you mentioned i mean liggins is has done everything to show you he's the worst player on this team and i think you know as you mentioned the other night i think it's coming down to john horse is going to have to cut liggins before his contract guarantees just to basically prevent jason kidd from playing him right and you know force him to play a guy that might actually have you know some future in the nba which um, you know, hopefully it would be Sterling Brown or what's the uh, clock at like 14 days on that. Should we start counting that down or in the January? Podcast? Yeah. January 10th, I guess. So all right, 14 um, days. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's just tough to watch. I mean, I could not believe it when I saw that stat. yesterday. <laughs> I quoted it since November 13th, but it's actually true for the entire season going tonight for the entire season. Sterling Brown, Rashad Vaughn, and who was the other guy? And Gary Payton all have positive net differentials for the bucks. As bad as their bench is, and as much as those guys have not distinguished themselves really in the kind of grand scheme of the universe, they all had positive differentials coming into this game. And Liggins has been just like a train wreck, including defensively, where he just, you know, fouls all the time. We always talk about it. But Okay. Um, his his I, foul on Miritich tonight. I'm sorry to jump in. What? Miritich <laughs> was treating him like a child, like a, a small child trying to get a ball from an adult just held it up above his head and for some reason Liggins climbed him just tried to climb up his arms and gets called for a fall what could have what good could have possibly possibly ever came from it like it's just my brain hurts every time I watch him play like I just don't get it only only two fouls from him tonight though really Showed a lot of pretty decent night. Uh, showed a lot, lot of restraint. restraint. I'm, I'm actually shocked. Um, I just looked up uh, 
Thon and and Liggins together. I mean, we mentioned I think Liggins was minus 11 points per 100 coming into this game. He's basically that same number with with Thon as a two man lineup, which shocked me. I figured they'd be like minus 20 points per 100. <laughs> They're only minus 10 points per 100 together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like just feels like you're you're you know making making like difficult on yourself. Um, by the way, do you want to talk? at all about I feel like an excuse to talk about anything but the Milwaukee Bucks game tonight is welcome so we could just say like let's stop talking and let people go about their day do we want to talk tomorrow maybe about this like I don't know you you tweeted out the full context today I think maybe that was lost on people a little bit but um this quote-unquote rumor about the Bucks eh, it's a legitimate rumor I guess yeah um about the Bucks inquiring about Zaza, Pachulia, and JaVale McGee with the with the Warriors and potentially also Jordan Bell, but Jordan Bell's you know, not a guy the, <laughs> the Warriors are looking to trade. But um, do we want to talk about that at all tonight or do we want to push that to tomorrow? We can push it to tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think anything else that we need to uh, try to go through here tonight. And um, I mean, Middleton obviously struggled. I don't think we've mentioned the 20 turnovers tonight. Um, a season high, twenty turnovers from the Bucks, and yeah, it, probably the big, re- probably the biggest reason why their offensive rating was just one hundred and one tonight. I mean, the offense yep. was. This was a night where the offense was bad, um, but it wasn't necessarily. I mean, basically, Chris Middleton played poorly, shot poorly, and they turned the ball over a ton, right? But other than that, I mean, a lot of the things that normally would lead you to some pretty good offense was was present. Yeah, four turnovers for Giannis, four for Chris, three for Bledsoe, uh, twenty overall as a team. And, again, it just speaks to a lack of execution, a lack of focus, whatever whatever you need to – whatever phraseology you like to say, the Bucks had a sloppy, terrible game, that's what happened. And it just some of the turnovers offensively were, frankly, confusing. Like, just plays that you know those guys are smarter than making. Like just plays that they should never make. Middleton trying to throw a ball up to who was it, Tony Snell when Giannis was right next to him and giving it to Giannis is probably in in fact gonna make the guy in front of him on the wing even more open than attempting to throw it all the way down the floor. Like there were there was just bad turnovers all over the place and the Bucks were just incredibly sloppy. And again, they could have decided to win the game at any point. All they had to do was clean it up for, honestly, and I keep saying this, but a five-minute stretch of getting stops and playing good offense, and they can win this game, and they didn't do it at all. Um, I, I was trying to think of anything else individually to focus on, but you already hit Brogdon, uh, Bledsoe, and Giannis. Giannis in the fourth quarter against the Bulls has averaged four points in each of those fourth quarters. He did it the first time. He had 24 uh, going into the fourth, ha- ends with 28. Tonight he has 24 going into the fourth quarter, ends with 28. Um, they they really did a nice job. After the game, he mentioned that they were doing everything that they could to load up on him, send bodies, and try to double-team him. And he was passing out of it a lot, and he said going forward maybe that just means he needs to be more aggressive against a double-team and try to attack a little bit more. So we'll see there. But I thought they did a nice job shutting him out late. And, yeah, the Bucks lose. It's an embarrassing loss, the second embarrassing loss that they've suffered to the Bulls this season. And I don't know if I have too much more to say. You you all good? Yeah, I mean, you know, laugh or cry. I choose to laugh, um, I, you know, again, I mean, if, uh, 
if if you're frustrated and you feel like, man, I, I just can't deal with watching this, especially with the coaching staff and, you know, you, you've got your hashtag fire kid avatar already fired up, um, you know, again, I, I, it sucks, right? Because I think there are people who now are viewing losses as like, well, at least this makes Jason Kidd look bad. <laughs> That's a pretty bad, yeah. pretty bad place to be. Um, but again, you're just looking for signs of, of some kind of turning point from this team. And um, again, I think unfortunately for Jason Kidd, the bar is going to be, you know, it's it's not going to be low for this team. We, we've seen too much. We, we've seen the talent too clearly from this team and the bar will will be at a reasonable rate at a reasonable level and yep. right now they're they're just certainly not there and uh, you know it's a long season yada yada um but again if if the bucks continue to sort of do what they have been doing which feels just kind of like the team last year you know they just feel kind of like the team last year they're you know, you know gonna be whatever maybe they win 42 games whatever they're, they're on pace for um that's just not going to be good enough. And uh, again, I, I'm thankful at least maybe the players understand that because certainly the coaching staff um, is is seemingly, you know, and again, not to read, take everything too literally, but, um, you know, certainly by Jason Kidd's comments, he's in deflection mode. <laughs> so uh, we will see next up, what, Thursday against the Wolves and certainly yep. a team that is um, – I would say it'll be fun to talk about them because I think there are a lot of similarities between these two teams. Maybe the team that is, you know, if we if we picked a Spider-Man meme team uh, for the Bucks this year, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves might be the most obvious uh, option. Yeah, I, I would assume Wiggins' legs could point at Giannis's legs in the same way that Middleton's legs could point at. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns' legs, right? That would be the, or maybe Jimmy Butler's <laughs> legs. I'm trying to figure out whose legs would be pointing at be, which, with well, Tibbs be, and Kid pointing at each other. Be be careful. We don't ever want people, and I know you would never do this. We don't want to let people ever think that Giannis and Wiggins and Wiggins are being compared in any way. because <laughs> yes. uh, Wiggins is is not in. That would be in offensive. Giannis. Yes, that would be offensive. That would be offensive. But just their um, legs and how many minutes are on? Just that. their legs. Yeah, just their legs and the minutes they're they're playing and their their uh, their athleticism maybe. But All yeah. Right. Anyway, let's go, for for any everybody who made it this far. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll get through this together. Brighter days are on the are on the horizon. Yeah, hopefully. If, if you sma- <laughs> if you smashed a radio, if you smashed uh, an iPhone, if you smashed anything, we are not covering that. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but I could understand some frustration after that one. Bucks lose tonight, 115-106 against the Chicago Bulls. Second time this year that they've lost the Bulls, lost 115-109 uh, against them in uh, 11 days previously. Uh, that was when they lost to the Bulls the first time. So two times in the BC, they have lost to the Bulls and been embarrassed by them both times. So we'll see if they can clean it up and figure some things out as they head into a really rough patch of their schedule. Today's episode was brought to you by our friends at Draft. Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks to get a free play over at Draft. You can head over to Draft.com or you can download the app onto your phone. Follow me at Eric underscore name. Follow Frank at Lockdown Frank. And be sure to get into the games that we're going to play today. Um, we'll throw a couple up here uh, on Wednesday and hopefully you're able to join and have some fun with us on Draft and attempt to take our money. But actually don't because i'm kind of sad right now and i don't want to lose so don't (laughs) try to draft poorly Um, that's gonna be it for us for frank madden i'm eric name this has been lockdown bucks we'll talk to you tomorrow